Hi, I'm Tish. I'm Juliana. And this is episode 41 of In the Movies. Today we are talking about the life and films of Audrey Hepburn. How do you separate just a movie from everything you know about the movie? Just because a movie has the trope in it doesn't mean you can't love the film. Female characters that we do get, every single one of them is important and has character. That is LGBT representation, like, in a nutshell. We've reached the end of film technology. (laughs) I feel like we should be, like, drinking something fancy or, like, smoking cigarettes out of a really long cigarette holder. (laughs) Just, like, wearing some diamonds. Really fancy hats. Wearing some (laughs) really big hats. Or those ones, like... She has a big one in Breakfast at Tiffany's, but then in, like, How to Steal a Million and Charade, she has those, like, tall ones, because you have, like, kind of beehive that's kind of under it. Yeah, the... I know what you're talking about. We're doing, like, the action (laughs) so people can see. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Audrey Hepburn. We've been talking about doing this one for a while, so it's exciting. Yeah. Because we both love her. We love her. Who doesn't? If you don't, you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, we also haven't done, like, a actual, like, spotlight episode. No. We can. We did, like, um, one about... Best friends. Yeah, we did Studio... (laughs) Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli. Yeah. But it was... It's not quite the same as, like, an individual... Did we do Studio Ghibli or did we do Miyazaki? I don't know. I don't remember. I think we we said Miyazaki. Okay. Well, see, that was the last one we did. It was also the first one we did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You're welcome. Here we go. Here's a different type of episode for you. Yeah. We're just going to talk about Audrey Hepburn movies. How cool she was. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Do you want to, like, catch up or something or just talk about Audrey Hepburn? We can catch up. What's new with you? I go to work and then I go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of... We haven't recorded since our sexy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Nothing's changed in my life, really, since then. <laughs> Work's gotten busier. Uh, that's all. But, like, general stuff hasn't changed. Mm, yeah. Wow, I'm boring. This is putting my life in <laughs> stark perspective. It's okay. It's, it's winter. Winter's boring. Nothing happens. I, like, went out of town a couple times, but it was for family stuff, so. Yeah. I opened up a new store. You did. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Tish has, like, a nicer store now. A bigger, <laughs> bigger store. nicer store that took, like, a month to get ready in the last two weeks, or like the last week and the week we opened, I worked 135 hours <laughs> in two weeks. Yay. Yay. Managers don't get overtime. But I did. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I just had, I didn't have enough people helping, so it's I had to just be there like 12 hours a day. It was kind of hard because like, it, they kind of sprang it on you. <laughs> It did happen really quickly. It was like, like one day, like, oh, we got this mall. And I was like, hey, we're open a I, store. Can, I can do that. And then it was like, cool, we're opening now. 
Like, go to Bayshore. <laughs> start hiring your staff and uh, get over there. Yeah. So, anyway, it's a store now. It's Let's running. See. I can work normal hours. You did a super good job. Thank you. Um, new Comic-Con news. Comic-Con? We're going to Comic-Con. We oh, are, yeah. We're going we to are Comic-Con. We are going to Comic-Con. <laughs> we will be appearing at Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, we finally remembered slash got it done in time. I don't know why it's taken so long, but this year I actually remembered on time, got the form, submitted to do a panel at Ottawa Comic-Con. And we were accepted. Woo. So we're doing a panel at Comic-Con. It's going to be super really cool. It's going to be really fun. We're excited. It's Plus called, we get free passes. Yeah, we get three-day passes, so. which is awesome. Um, it's called Because We Wear Glasses, Women in STEM on Screen. Yeah. My mom, I was at my parents this weekend for Easter, and... So I, like, catch, catch up with my parents. And I was watching Audrey Hepburn movies, and she's like, okay, I have to ask you something. <laughs> turn turn that down so I'll get your answer. I was like, okay. What exactly are you and Juliana doing at Comic-Con? <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like, explain. Like, they do panels, and then people talk to a room full of people about something. Yeah. We got chosen to do it. And then she's like, what is STEM? Yeah. I, <laughs> what are STEMs? <laughs> both my parents asked me that, too. So it's obviously, like... Well, our friend Kim asked me that, too, when she came into the store to see me. Oh, and really? She's like, what? She's like, what are you doing at Comic-Con? And she's like, what's STEM? And I was like, science, technology, engineering, and math. I feel like for the audience, though, like, it'll be fine. Oh, for like for the Comic Con yeah. audience, they're gonna That's they're why gonna I know felt, what STEM is. I felt okay putting that yeah. in the title. I feel like it's so talked about so much, but maybe that's just my part of the internet. Probably, you know, because yeah, both my parents asked, and I think my brother were like, "What's a STEM?" I feel like unless <laughs> I feel like there is like a push for it um, with like girls getting into this, so mm-hmm. that's why like the acronyms being used a lot. So if you don't have like school aged kids. They're probably not talking about it. Um, and, like, or, like, media. That's probably why Fair I heard it a lot, because we're talking about it in media, and people are, people are talking, so. Yeah. We're going to talk about that for 45 minutes. Yes. If you happen to be going, you could see us. Don't know when yet. No, we won't find out until, like, a couple Hopefully weeks Hopefully not during anything with Matt Smith. I know. Oh, my God. That will, He's only there for the one day. That so. will hurt so much if that happens. Oh my god! I'll be like, please call Comic Con. Wait till please. we get our wait till we get our passes. Get the passes. <laughs> be like, we can't do this. There's been a death in the family. <laughs> there will be if I don't get to see my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just hope. Like you know, there's the whole other yeah. two and a half days that. We might be doing yeah. it to, like, just hope, right? Because I'm yeah. sure that there's lots of people like us that are like, oh, I hope it's not during this person. Or... Yeah. But Matt Smith is coming. Yay. Yeah. So that's about the only exciting news yep. that I have. Cool. We went to a movie at the Baltic Nordic Film Festival. We went good. to see a Swedish movie. Yeah. It was lovely. I think of movie stuff. It was lovely. It reminded me a little bit, for those of you who have seen it on Netflix, of the series The End of the Fucking World. Yeah, it's a road trip movie when shit gets crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's delightful, and then it's, like, crazy. I enjoyed it. Mm. Oh, it's called Eternal Summer, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where does it go? If you can find it, that's the English title, at least. It's also really pretty, because they go, like, mm. all through like northern Sweden. Sweden. And it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Looks a lot. Like a fair amount like Canada in terms, yeah. but I mean like geographically in terms of where they are on earth, it's similar, so. Yeah. Lots of trees and lakes. Yeah. Oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> okay. Right. We should talk about Audrey Hepburn. We should eventually talk about her, yes. Okay. Audrey Hepburn was born <laughs> in 1929. In Belgium. And yeah. she and her family lived in Belgium, Netherlands, England. They moved yeah. around. They did move around. Because of the war. Yeah. Well, her and mother... because then... Well... And the parents split up, and then they were in Amsterdam for... I don't know. Yeah. So, like, her mother was a baroness. She was from um, Dutch aristocracy. Um, and her parents, much to... Audrey's eternal embarrassment were, um, like, Nazi sympathizers. They were very far right in the political... Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, um... Well, that doesn't mean the war was nice for them. No, the war was not nice for them. And, like, her parents, um... Split. Audrey did. Audrey always like wanted her father's approval. He was very mm-hmm. cold and distant, like generally as a person. Mm-hmm. And as the war kind of started to ramp up, I think her parents' like relationship fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so they split, and then uh, her mother moved and took Audrey to the Netherlands during the war, thinking because like the Netherlands wasn't a part of World War One. They managed to, like right. they. But World War One was so much more, like, stationary in terms of, like, trench warfare. Mm-hmm. So, like, really, if you look, like, the front lines of World War One did not move very far. Uh, because they, you dug a trench and you sat and they just <laughs> shot at each other over no man's land. And that's the whole war. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas World War Two with, like, tanks and things like that, tanks. it was a lot more fluid. So, um, unfortunately, they could not escape the war in the Netherlands. And the, they were occupied. By the Germans. I am sorry. For <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault. It's all, all me. Um, yeah, so they had like a rough time during the occupation. Yeah. And ate tulip bulbs and grass spread. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of like everybody. Like it. Yeah. It, she, Audrey, like had grown up pretty privileged until that point. Like, she had gone to boarding school Mm -hmm. in England and started learning dance there and stuff. And she said, like, during the war, she would sneak away to, like, a dance class or something with this woman that was still trying to offer them. And that was, like, Mm -hmm. her one little, like, reprieve of happiness during the war. And she would do anything she could to, like, make sure she could attend the classes and, like, pay what she could. That's nice. Eight tulip bulbs. Yeah, that's why she's so damn skinny. Because she's malnourished. Yeah. Growing up. This is when she was, like, a teenager. Mm Mm-hmm. Early teenager. So she was a growing girl. She didn't grow. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, and then after the war, she they went to Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um, but then she went to dance. London to do ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she couldn't. She couldn't be prima ballerina, <laughs> so no. she quit. Right, like she. That's like I can't <laughs> be the best, so I won't do it at all. Yeah, she was getting like small parts on like like in London's West End, like Chorus Girl. Yeah. Or, like, a really tiny part, but she quickly learned, like, oh, I'm never going to be, like, the ballerina. Yeah. So, that was the end of dancing. Yeah. And she got into acting. Mm-hmm. Which we're all thankful for. Right. And then she started getting, like, I mean, little bit pieces, but she, I think she was 22 when she got the role of Gigi on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like catapulted her. Yeah, that was her first career big wise, thing. like her first breakout. She had a couple little credits in movies. Yeah, but Robin Holiday Dun-dun. was her big break. Yeah, and it's super exciting when you watch it because it's like an introducing. Yeah, Audrey Hepburn. Every time I watch that, I have goosebumps right now. Every time I watch that movie, and it's like introducing, I'm like, the world did not even know what was happening at the moment. That's so funny. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it was her first starring role. She got an Oscar for it. Yeah. Um, what else can I say about Gregory Peck? Um, if you're unfamiliar, here's IMDb's terrible summary. A bored and sheltered princess escapes her guardians and falls in love with an American news fan in Rome. I thought sure. that was inaccurate because I don't think she really fell in love with them. She just wanted to have a nice day. And he kept following her around. Yeah, I don't think they... I don't really think they I mean, fell it's in romantic. love. They didn't fall in love mm. either of them, I don't think. I no. think it was, like, a little bit of, like, a tryst, and, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, it's just, it's Did just, like, it's kiss? romantic. Did they have a kiss? I think they had a kiss. Yeah, they have a kiss, I think. Away. But, like, it's romantic, and it would be, like, yeah. it would be kind of that thing that you would always remember that person, like, fondly and, like, with yes. a little bit of, like, a romantic tinge, <sighs> but not, like, oh, yeah, I felt, like, it didn't. I fell in, no. It was just it's... kind of, like, oh, we had that perfect day together or whatever. Mm-hmm perfect weekend yeah so she's a princess visiting from an undisclosed country from a made-up country (laughs) they don't even make up the country they just say she's visiting a european country i guess um and she sneaks out and she wants to just have like a day she sneaks out after they've given her something to sleep so she's basically like wandering around rome like wasted yeah pretty much (laughs) and gregory peck very handsome. Super handsome. Comes and, like, literally takes her home. Also played Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. Um, and then she wakes up, and she's all embarrassed, but then she goes and has a day, and he realizes who she is, so he wants to hang out and get, get the scoop. Get the scoop on the but story there. But then such a lovely day, and he changes his mind, and he can't do it. Yeah. And, yeah. And she cuts her hair. <sighs> yes, yeah, she cuts her hair. All sorts of things. Yeah. It's lovely. It's I mean, it's a fun movie. There's nothing... Yeah. I mean, generally, the films that we're talking about, for the most part, not all of them, but a lot of them aren't, like, world-shattering films or anything. But, like, they're no. well-made films. They're cute stories. But that was what mm-hmm. film was at the time. It was less about, like... Yeah. That's the thing. They're all... 
just very 50s, 60s, fun, light romps. Yeah. With some crazy mysteries and romance and stuff. and They're well-constructed stories, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, back in the day, <laughs> back in these days, film was very different because it was still quite new, so it was very much like stage plays. You yeah. can see that definitely like in the cinematography. They couldn't, you couldn't really move cameras, so you got like lots of long takes and scenes and like the blocking and stuff was very much like we set up the camera here's like the line yeah like the front of the state you know and so i feel like they weren't writing for the screen also like they were also very much like plays i would agree with that yeah yeah everything was still they had an advanced kind of they had figured out this beautiful way to kind of like almost bring the play to everybody, like, in yeah. their homes and stuff. Yeah. But, like, they That's hadn't figured like out they were doing, yeah. how to get past that. Yeah. Like, cinematography as an art still, like, hadn't done much. And I feel like also um, act, everyone was still acting for the stage. Like, yes. film acting yes. had not developed. No, it's still... <laughs> you see that all through her films. Like, yeah. I would say that's a big thing for me with Breakfast at Tiffany's, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, everything's, like bigger than it needs to be because you yeah. they haven't figured out like the camera's right yeah, here you can be subtle you can be smaller. yeah like it's still just uh it's, it's the style it's very different acting yeah. yeah but like right at the beginning of this they're like going over her schedule and she starts kind of going nuts like yes thank you no thank and then she just like suddenly like screams and like throws her head back and that's such like this time <laughs> and also audrey in particular of like <laughs> this like kind of scared look on her face and then just oh and just screams and turns her head it's very like dramatic old movie like hysterical woman scream those women man yeah. that's why they shouldn't be allowed to have jobs no look at them they're crazy <laughs> so crazy um but yeah. yeah that's a classic thing that i noticed yeah um William Wyler is the director of this one, and she was friends with him pretty much her whole career Mm -hmm. after this. Um, Also, the right... It was credited to two men for (laughs) a screenplay. (laughs) Just assume these are all written and directed. Everything... Um, But yes, uncredited, actually, by Dalton Trumbo, which I don't know much about, but there was that movie about him, because he was one of those writers that was blacklisted yeah. for being a communist or something. Right. He was during McCarthyism when America was all like communism's the worst thing in the world and like yeah. kind of the height of the Cold War and stuff. He was one of the, there was a lot of people in Hollywood that like whose careers it ruined. But yeah, he was blacklisted. However, he was like one of the best writers in Hollywood, so people kept buying scripts from him and he was going under a lot of pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. So, good for you. And, because of, originally, like, because I think this won the Oscar for writing as well, or it was nominated. Oh, let's see. I'd be curious to see if it won. Oh, that's the other new thing, guys. I got a new TV. It's huge. We're reading stuff off of it right now. (laughs) Yeah, best writing. Yeah. So, um, Dalton Trumbo. So, like, it originally went to the pseudonym, who, of course, nobody, like, accepted it because, and then it was, like retroactively reversed to officially 
credit him mm -hmm. as having won the Academy Award for. That's nice. Lots of history with this Roman holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, watching it, I was like, "Oh my God, we're halfway through, and the holiday has not started." I know. There's a lot <laughs> of setup. Long setup. That's a lot of the older movies. Yeah. It, it, that's another thing too, where it's like this whole like context and setting the scene and like all this sort of stuff, and then you're like, "We're 40 minutes in. Is anything going to happen?" And yeah. then it's like everything happens, and then. Yes. Yeah. It's just like it's a lot it's a lot of her being like drunk sleepy thing. And then like her like waking up and like going about her and like the plot to like follow her around and take pictures and and then they just have like a nice little day. And then she has to go back to being a princess. Yeah. What a horrible And she life. goes back to her responsibilities and duty to her country. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> yes, know. it is. No, it it's is. That's, that's about her it. Her outfit is so cute. She, like, rolls up her sleeves. She's got her little scarf and her little, like, skirt around her tiny waist. I know. <laughs> She's so tiny. She's the tiniest person. She gets her cute little haircut, and she's just, like, a delightful little kid yeah. out having a fun day. And talk about, like, exploding onto the scene after this. Yeah. It was like... She yeah. signed like a seven picture deal with Paramount yeah. after this. So. Yeah, they were still in like the studio setup where you like signed, signed with a, a studio. studio yeah. yeah. And you pretty much signed your life away. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's how they did it. Yeah. Okay. So that was in 1953. Mm-hmm. That came out, and she won the Oscar. She was, like, this huge newcomer. Um, yeah, she signed the seven-picture contract with 12 months in between to allow her time for stage work. So she was also, throughout this whole time, also doing stage plays. Yes. And winning uh, awards. Yeah. She won. 1954 was a big year for her, both stage and screen. Is that she did... Ondine, yes, which was directed by Mel Ferrer, Fer 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 who yeah. she then married, oh, yeah. so it was, you know, and she won mm -hmm. the Tony for it. Right. And I'm pretty sure that's the one where she had a deer follow her around, and in order to, like, um... Plays a water spirit who falls in love with a human. <laughs> oh, okay. Because... I think it was There's that. a famous picture of her with her, like, pet deer. Yes, yeah, because she, like, well, it was for this play, and in order to have the deer, like, trust her and follow her around, she, yeah. like, took it home with her yeah. and, like, mothered oh, it. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I feel like there's a picture of her, there's several, pic like, famous pictures of her with her deer, but yes. there's one where she's, like, in a grocery store with I it know. or something, like, <laughs> shopping, and she just looks, like, so put together and beautiful, and she has a deer, like, she's really, like, this magical, <laughs> yes, manic like, pixie fairy. dream girl, but, like, not manic, just, like, graceful and beautiful, and, like, uh, yeah, Audrey, <laughs> she's just too perfect. Um, okay, what was next for her then? Um, Sabrina. Sabrina. I think. So that was in 1954, right, right after. Um, so that was written and directed by Billy Wilder. 
which means nothing to me. But um, I love Sabrina. It's very sweet. So what's the crappy description? <laughs> a playboy becomes interested in the daughter of his family's chauffeur, but it's more ser- it's his more serious brother who would be the better man for her. Th- these are terrible descriptions. Here's what really happens. <laughs> I hate how it starts with a playboy becomes interested. Like, it is not about him. Whatever. It's about Serena. She's the chauffeur's daughter in this big estate on Long Island to this big rich company that makes plastic or something. Um, (laughs) Doesn't matter what they do. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Not the point. Um, She's like in love with one of the sons and she watches him from afar and he is a playboy. And her father sends her off to Paris to learn to cook and be a lady. And then she comes back. And she's all sophisticated, and, and now he likes her. And she's also super beautiful. Even more beautiful, because she cut her hair again. <laughs> it's all about cutting my hair she's for her. So, all, yeah, it's very similar in that way. She comes back, she's all sophisticated, but she still, like, wants him, and he wants her now. But then the older brother, Linus Humphrey Bogart, is like, no, you have to marry the daughter of the plastics man. Because we need his <laughs> business. Yeah. It's a merger marriage. But he's all, no, I love Sabrina now. So he, like, distracts Sabrina and takes her out. Because he sat on champagne glasses and hurt his butt. So <laughs> Linus and Sabrina. And then they actually, of course, they just fall, fall in love, with, love each other. with each other. That's so sweet. And then it was remade years later with Harrison Ford. Right. And who was Serena? I'm trying to remember and it will come to I definitely remember like seeing that and the like, remake? Yeah. Maybe almost watching it at my friend's house once. I've seen but I, both like, versions. Do it. I've seen both versions. I actually in my youth saw Julia Ormond. I saw the remake before I ever saw the original. But the original is just Sorry, we're, I'm looking at it. It's just <laughs> not the just same. like, ew, 1995 is not the time for Sabrina. No, it's not. It's just... You need the, like, old Her hair school. is terrible. It's, like, short, but it's curly in that terrible 90s way that was acceptable. You need, like, the old school, like, glamour also, like, to make it work for Sabrina. Yes. Also, Harrison Ford is a beautiful man. Humphrey Bogart is like a weird old dude. <laughs> I know. Well, that's it's a very different story when, like, Linus is not like an attractive option. Yes. Know? Interestingly, like, it's not was uncommon. Was Humphrey Bogart like a leading man, like hot leading man? Well, I know Casablanca. Yeah, he did. No, he did a lot of things, but, but he had that like, he, like weird speech because he had shrapnel in his face <laughs> and shit from the war. Very distinct. I mean, like, I love him in this. He's very, like, endearing. I love Humphrey Bogart, however. But, like, he did Maltese Falcon. He did, like, like The Big Sleep. Yeah. Where he was, like, the lead guy in all those types of movies, He's not, like, the love interest. Look, he looked like he did. Yeah. It's a certain... It's a very specific look. But uh, it was... It's still not uncommon. There's an age difference between men and women on screen. That is still... Yes. A factor. Back in those days, there was a big <laughs> age. Di- like it was, it was e- like yeah. even more 
apparent and with Audrey it was in almost all of her films you're like there's an alarmingly big age difference oh, yeah, between you and your in, male um, co-stars um charade it's Cary Grant is much older Cary yes they so changed much older. that so that she pursues him more than he pursues her so it wasn't so creepy yeah. friend of stare yes her. he's so in like old. in funny face is yeah. so much older yes it's yeah it's always like that um, um, and like I know that that's not like just her like that was that, that was, was men and women was. on screen yeah. but like Humphrey Bogart too she was born in 29 he was born in 1899 like that's the age difference <laughs> we're looking at yeah 30 years but that was acceptable of course yeah yeah so anyway anyway Sabrina's lovely again it's it's just it's a sweet movie it's yeah. It's pro- it's what um probably the first time I heard La Vie en Rose and now I love that song. That's fair. It's so yeah. beautiful and like she sings it and just like plays when she's in Paris. It's just a lovely song. And she like when she sings it so low cuz she is <laughs> such a nice she's not the best singer but she has such like a nice soft voice yes. for singing something like that. She'd be like or, a like, good indie singer these days. Like yeah. she has like the soft like unassuming like mm-hmm. lilting mm-hmm. voice. She doesn't have like I mean to speak of her movies like My Fair yeah. Lady they redid yeah the vocals with she's a not singer. Yeah. <laughs> she's not like a Broadway singer. No. But she can sing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sabrina. Yeah. Big year for her, 54, with that. The Tony and the marriage and the Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And the, look she's at her a, go. She's a busy girl. Yes. So, what was next? War and Peace. War and Peace, which she did with her husband. Right. Mel Ferrer. For, 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 for. <laughs> I don't know why we're making it so weird. <laughs> War and Peace. And then, I was in 56 and 57, Funny Face. Yay. Yay. Which was also redone. Everything's been redone that she Ugh, did. Who's that redone by? I'm pretty sure it's been redone. Maybe I'm lying. Stop it. I feel like it probably Have they has redone been. Breakfast at Tiffany's yet? No. That's the one thing they won't touch. Probably. It's fucking better now. <laughs> Ugh. Um, every time I looked up Audrey Hepburn oh, on wide. IMDb, too, because I was watching her movies for, like, a week, so I kept looking her up. Every time you type in Audrey Hepburn, like, the Audrey Hepburn story, mm. like, a movie comes up with Jennifer Love Hewitt as Audrey Hepburn, I'm just like, no, how dare you. <laughs> uh, okay, Funny Face is an impromptu fashion shoot at a bookstore brings about a new fashion model discovery in the shop clerk. That's the beginning of the movie. The rest of the movie is this girl obsessed with um, empathicalism. Yeah. Some weird new philosophy, new age thing. Really wants to go to Paris to be part of those, you know, we dress in all black and smoke cigarettes and talk about existential things. She wants to be one of those people. Yeah. She wants so to She agrees be to be a academic. model just for a trip to Paris. She goes to a cool cafe and... Does a weird dance. Dancing. Yeah. She wears all black. That was a big thing, though, with Audrey Hepburn, is introducing black into a woman's wardrobe. Ooh, skin. Well, just in terms of, like... dress? 
little black dress. Because then Sabrina has one of my favorite dresses. This little black dress that she wears. I mean... It's all poofy. Yeah, because... Sh- I mean, Chanel introduced pants into a woman's wardrobe. Oh, scandalous. Um, <laughs> Can't let the women start wearing but pants. But, like, with Audrey... Givenchy and Audrey Hepburn met early in her career, and he dressed her for everything. He did her films. He did her personal life. They had a very close friendship and working relationship. Yes. She was his muse. Yeah. And, like, it it was a very different style than what most... It was a, a little tomboyish and stuff, and she mm-hmm. was so petite and angular and, like, weird-looking mm-hmm. in some ways. Like, I mean, beautiful, but... in that way. Yeah, that, like, it was it was a very specific, mm-hmm. like, the style that she pant. wore. Yeah. That's why they used her for the... When the Gap brought back the slim black pant, they used that scene where she dances. Yes, that makes I rewatched that because I, re- I remember seeing that commercial, not probably really knowing, too young to really know who Audrey Hepburn was or this Fair movie. Enough. So I found on YouTube to watch it, and I had forgotten or just blocked <laughs> out the fact that the song they put it to is Back in Black by ACDC, <sighs> which just like ruins everything. it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't like this anymore. I thought maybe they used like the same weird music, but no. They're trying to be cool and make little Audrey Hepburn dance to ACDC. It's wrong. It's not how you... She's been used in some weird ad campaigns. Like, after she's been dead, they've, like, weirdly recreated her for yeah. commercials I and wonder stuff. who's getting that money. Her kids, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. Well, that'd be good. That'd probably be the way she'd want it. Yeah. Um, so this is her first musical movie. Yes. She sings a little bit? Does she, she sing? dances. She dances. With Fred she Astaire. Sings. She sings and dances with Fred Astaire. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. <laughs> it's... It's very pretty. She's a mod. She's modeling, so there's, there's, like, literally, like, photo shoots. Yeah. And it's Paris, and it's fancy clothes. It's also, and, like, very typical, like... 50s musical, like, yeah. um, in terms of, like, look. But, like, they had, like, a lot of, like, beautiful color in this film. Yes. and like Ding. Yeah, stuff like that. It's, it's, a, it's a fun movie. If you've never... If you like musicals and you've never seen Funny Face, I highly recommend you go watch it, because... Yeah. It's... I feel like... Light and dancing. easy, and, yeah. The, there's no... If, for no other reason. I mean, that man knew how to dance. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. also, like, 30 years old. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I always think of um, Gilmore Girls when I think of this, because she, she watches it yes. on the side of a bar, and they keep going, so wonderful. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's so lovely. Even if Audrey Hepburn was, like, 20, and if Fred Astaire was, like, 80, it's just so nice. That's kind of how you have to think of it, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, I mean, they end up together or whatever, but... That's same age as Humphrey Bogart, eighteen ninety nine. So, thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. Um, but I like all of her movies, and it, again, it's just like the time. It's like boy meets girl, whatever, and they're like together for some reason, and don't really like each other, maybe. And then one of them's all of a sudden like, "I love you," and they're like, "Oh, okay." And yeah. Then they're in love. It's every movie from the nineteen fifties yeah. you just described. <laughs> Like, how about 
they're like fighting or something and be like, well, I love you. Well, okay. Then. Yeah. And then they just kiss. Um, oh my God. And the way they kiss in these movies. Oh, with like that weird like <sighs> head movement. Well, they just, it'll be like some, I love you or whatever. And they'll. Like, just it's so forceful. They'll just hug. They'll run and like hit their faces together for a second and then come apart and just like hug and hold, yeah. grasp each other and put their faces next like to in, each other. Right, and like and very like heads and necks yes, and stuff. Yes, and maybe like kiss again, but their kisses are just like pushing your faces together for you a kinda, second. It's like how you made your Barbies kiss. Yeah. Like you, that's kind of what just it was. very forcefully hold your lips together for a second. And it doesn't last very long and you don't do anything with your mouth. And I was just thinking, imagine being a kid growing up at this time and, like, that's how you thought kissing was? Like, that's yeah, how you learned to so kiss? Because they couldn't really show it would be scandalous if they, like, yeah, of course. really kissed each other. It's like, oh, man, imagine, like, thinking that's how you kiss. <laughs> you just ran up to someone, just, like, hit their face for a second. And then just hug them and hold them tight. Like, I mean, like all this buildup and that's all we get. But it was the times. That's... Was it was. Um, alright, where are we at now? 57. She also did Love in the Afternoon. Yeah. Which I did not rewatch this week, so it's not as fresh in my mind. Oh, it's Billy Wilder again. Again, another, yeah, director she works with several times. Um, a middle-aged playboy <laughs> becomes fascinated by the daughter of a private detective who has been hired to entrap him with the wife of a client. Sure. I don't remember the plot of this, but it sounds crazy. Gary Cooper, again. Super old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the one where I think I remember noticing the most that he was, she looked so young and he looked so old. Gary Cooper also had, like, I mean, I think of him in High Noon because, like, that's, like, and like Westerns. He's actually younger than Fred Astaire. He's 1901. Two years. Still so old. Uh, um, but I always think of him as, like, very rugged looking, so, yeah. like, maybe that's part of it. Just looking at the images right now on IMDb, he's like, well, yeah, that's, yeah. he looks like a rough old man. Yeah. Um, and she's just, like, this pretty little thing. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say, because I didn't really no. watch that one, I don't remember it very well. Um... After that, they did, she did Green Mansions with her husband again. Right. That's one that I, like, meant to watch, but then I would, like, I've read about it, it and nobody really liked it, so I yeah. wasn't really sure. But I always thought it looked different because her hair is down, <laughs> which you never see. Like, in these early movies, she has short hair. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it's always, but it's always back. And, like, in one movie, I think it's Paris When It Sizzles, um, she takes her hair down, and I'm like, oh my god, I've literally never seen Audrey have I know, her hair down. I know, it's strange, right? It's when you so see st- anything... bangs and her hair down, and I'm like... What is happening? Whoa. You think yeah. of her as such a, like... She has such that, like, angular little face, and her hair's always pulled off her face. I you know. know. She has, like, little bangs or something. And, like, so always put together... For her to, like, flip her hair down in that movie and be, like, almost, like, sexy was, like, so weird. She's never, she's never, 
sexualized in these movies, other than being a young woman with an old man, but she's always just, like, this innocent little, you know, and her short hair, and, like, she's just a precious little angel. As I flip through these, it's, like, her hair is back or short and everything. Yeah. Like, even, like, two for the road... Her hair was short, so they faked the long hair. Right, so and when it and face. even when it was long, it was like a headband or something. Yeah. Like it's always just pushed yeah. back, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's. Um, but when you see pictures of her like with long hair down, you're like, this is shocking. That's about yeah. as close as you get, but. Yeah. <sighs> scandalous to have sexy, long, flowing hair. So scandalous. After. Green Mansion, so she did a nun mm. story, which I've never seen the nun story. Maybe I've wanted to see it, but there's a lot of people who say it was, like, some of her best work in terms of, like, acting. Mm. It was all about, like, a woman a struggling to be, like, a, a good nun. nun or whatever. Mm. Like, you know, struggles with faith and all that sort of shit, yeah. I assume. She did get nominated for the Oscar for that, so yeah. I assume it was good. Um, yeah. Her third Academy Award nomination. Right. At that point. That's insane. She's just hitting them out of the park every Mm. time. Hmm. Okay. Then we've got Breakfast at Tiffany's in 1961. One of my favorite (sighs) films. Yes. Okay. Also, I mean, it's the film most people associate her with. Yeah, just that image of her, which we both have. Yes. Post some sort of poster, poster form. wall form. Yeah. I also have the poster that's there as the movie poster. I have like a door length version oh of that God. poster. I was just looking at it like I love it, like the drawing. Yeah, of her. I have. It's just it's not so out 60s. anywhere since I'm of my living situation at the moment. Yeah, but yeah I have that also. Like someone bought it for me. <gasps> University. Um. Yeah, this is her big, iconic thing that everyone knows her from, obviously. It's also the role she never thought she was right for and doesn't really like her acting. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, Truman Capote thought it should be Marilyn Monroe, and she's, like, the opposite of Marilyn Monroe. Right. But I feel like it would have been a very different... It would have seemed like such a different character if Marilyn Monroe had done it. Interestingly, like, I'd be... Like... Yeah. I've seen Marilyn Monroe in maybe just a couple things. But like, she's very... She is the opposite of... Absolutely. Her. She's much more, like... You think of her as a lot less serious, almost. Like, Audrey... Mm-hmm. Well, and Marilyn's, like, such a, like, curvaceous and, like, mm-hmm. of the time, more, like, classic, like, beautiful, like... Yeah bodacious. <laughs> I mean, we think now, like, oh, of course, like, Audrey was beautiful because she was so thin and that's yeah. so desired, but... It was a different... She was a different type of this beauty at the time. still the beginning of what would become, like, the 60s, like, Twiggy, yes. Edie Sedgwick, like, the thin, super thin model girl. Like, yeah. that was not what everyone was striving for when Audrey No, they wanted, like, the, the, the big hourglass, busty, yeah. you know? Yeah. They won Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. (laughs) So, it just would have been, considering she is basically a call girl, 
it would have just seemed so different to have someone more obviously sexual or sexualized. Yes. Like Marilyn Monroe do it. Because with Audrey, she's so... Because she's so tiny and has that innocence and, like, youth to her, it's... You kind of forget that she's, like, a fucking call girl, you know? And it just seems all... She seems so, like oblivious to it and it's like it's fine they give me $50 for the powder room and they pay for the cab and whatever and she's just like I don't know I feel like it it would be interesting I feel like Marilyn Monroe could do the call girl part of the movie no problem and I agree that it would have been different and it would have had like a more overtly sexual tone to it Mm -hmm. with Marilyn but I don't know if, like, it would have had the weight of, like, the back end of the movie that, like, I can't picture Audrey her possesses. as, like, this southern girl who came and changed yeah. her life, you know? But not just that, but the whole, like, you know, like, I love you. Like, I don't, don't put me in a cage. Like, yeah. people don't belong I to people. And, like, Marilyn all this sort of idea. stuff. And I'm like, I, like, Audrey, like, hits those notes, like, so beautifully with, like, such, like, angst and, like, bittersweetness and, like, you know, yeah. weight to them. And, and like, you believe the words that she's saying that, like, like this is my philosophy and, the, like, I I've just will not be tied down and this is the yeah. only way I know how to, like, move forward and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, let me love you. <laughs> Why won't you let me love you? <laughs> you know. If I could change one Sweet thing about the movie, cat. it would be the very ending. Because he's like, you belong to me because I love you. She's like, no, I don't belong to you. Fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Which I love. And then she's like, get the fuck out. And he does. And then she goes back. Oh, yeah. Well, I like that she goes back and gets her cat. But I would love if she got her cat and looked at him and just went back to the camp. (laughs) And just went to Brazil or whatever the fuck she wanted to do. Or stayed in New York or whatever sort of. You know, she had her cat and her things, and she was going to keep doing whatever she wants to do. Beautiful hats. But instead, she had to kiss him in the rain. Yeah, but you know, it's going to end that way. It was made. Yeah. That's the only part I never really. Whenever I think of this movie, I think of her and like the party she throws and her outfits. Timber. And like that stuff. Um, And then I'm like, oh yeah, there's that guy, and there's like that love story. Because it seems so, like, of course there's to be a love story, but, like, her character and the whole thing seems in such opposition of that. Because mm-hmm. it's just about her being this, like, this kind of manic pixie dream girl of, like, For I just sure. live my life, and I just have people over all the time, and I'm just a mystery, and I have a mysterious past, and my cat doesn't have a name, and I don't have any furniture, because I'm an enigma, and I'm just passing through, you know. I think that's part of it, though, was, like, her as a woman learning to, like, be, like, Belong to someone? Not belong to someone, but more, like, learn to love and be loved and, like... Because, like... Allow people in. Yes. It's, like, kind of, like... She settled with, like, fake friends. You can... Right, like, and he's, like, allow someone to truly know you. Because, like, she's so afraid to do that. She's never had anyone do that. Like, she's always had this, like, wall, and she presents, like, such an air about her. Like, even back when she was, like, Lula May and stuff, and it was like, yeah. well, it was always just Lula May, but it, she was still, like, different and, like, mysterious. And yeah, she's like, okay, I'll marry you, because I ain't never been married. Right. 
And then I'm going to take off and go do this thing. Then I'm going to take off to New York and then... But it's like anytime anyone, like, kind of got close, she was like, no, nope, no, nope, So, like, that part I can understand. But, like, I find this in a lot of old films that, like, it just happens. Like, you don't have, like, the right yeah. amount of, like, build for the character to, yeah. like, get to that turning point. Yeah, but... it's like they were friends and then one day he's like, I'm in love with you. And she just gives him that look. <laughs> I love that. It's become like a meme yeah. for people to use her reaction. Of like, what? Uh. What's happening? Thanks. And we get Moon River out of this. Oh, another favorite song. Yeah. So, so beautiful. So beautiful. It was this written movie, for her too. Yeah. This movie is just so gorgeous. Like, um, I'm biased now because it's the first movie I watched on my new TV, <laughs> and so I like downloaded like. 1080p version for my new big 1080 TV and I was just like mesmerized the whole time by like the colors and just how everything's shot I just love 60s movies they're just so beautiful they're so beautiful and she's so beautiful and like everything she wears and everything she does I really want a like a bathtub so funny <laughs> like yeah and like I haven't watched it in a while so and I felt like I was watching it in a new way. Like, definitely the first time I watched it, I knew, like, the sort of iconic look, and I knew it was, like, a famous movie. And so I was like, okay, I better watch this. But I think it was... I didn't really understand the whole, like, call girl thing. I just thought it was, like, a 60s thing that I didn't really get, whatever. Yeah, like, oh, men life. pay you... Yeah. Yeah, like, no. this is the thing. But now, watching now, it's like... No, I see what's up. Yeah. And also, like, her whole, like you said, that air about her and mm -hmm. her whole, like, attitude. It's like this sort of naively sort of dumb thing of, like, oh, I just go visit this guy in prison and then I give his lawyer the weather for it. Like, she's right. so sort of dumb and innocent. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, different watching it this time. I just really saw her differently, but, I like, I really loved it. Yeah, it took me a couple watches to, like, understand the film. But it's yeah. just because it's, like, so removed from our time. Also, like, yes. the most racist portrait. Oh, God. Let's just skip that. <laughs> that so was bad. just terrible. It's so unnecessary. He doesn't need to be Japanese or anything. No, he, just he could to just be, be like, landlord. an annoying Land white yeah. guy. It wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. He could, yeah. Oh, the 60s. <laughs> um, I have actually read the book. Okay, I have not. It's nothing like the movie, don't bother. Okay. It's, um... In a good way, or, like, is it... This just makes, like, she's so, like, fun and lovely and we love her. Mm hmm But the book is really this man's story, and she really is just this little, like, enigma person like weird eccentric and they do not fall in love like it's not a love story it's more like a, this observational thing he's sort of swept into her world for a bit i don't really remember i read it once a long time ago but yeah so maybe like truman capote was picturing marilyn monroe because it's a very I feel like it would have been a very different Right, and I was like, maybe role. if they stuck closer to the book, that yeah. would have made more sense. It's kind they of just as, like, into... more call girl, like, yeah. socialite, enigma. Like, mm -hmm. that may have maybe They turned it better. into, you know, a movie with a love yeah, story. Of course. And 
you know, I feel like maybe the book was a bit more, I don't know, gritty is the word, but like about the whole like lifestyle of hers. This makes it seem just lovely and fun all the time until like she gets in trouble or whatever, but it's not really her fault. But like, I mean, it could have been it is like, it darker, isn't. you know? Fair enough. Living this life where you just, like, live off men's generosity, kind of, you know, she doesn't really have any money, her life is, like, you know, she has no stability, it's, like, a kind of scary life delayed. Yeah. But that's what she likes it that way, because she can just pick up and leave. Yeah. And she has... Cat with no name, and that's her only possession. She has the charisma to just get by. Yeah, I don't have that. No. (laughs) I could not convince anyone to give me $50 for the powder room. Nope. <laughs> or even cab fare. Or even spend time with me at all. You'd be like, uh, you have your own Uber account. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is now. Like. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Anyway. Cool. Um, I love this movie. Me too. Me too. It's always, it's always been one of my favorite films. Mm. I've been to Tiffany's in New York. And I've eaten breakfast outside of it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you just gotta do it sometimes. It just makes you, it just me for that split second, it's like everyone knows what you're doing. A gazillion people do it a year. Mm-hmm. But you like, just take a moment and you're like, Audrey was here. <laughs> yeah. Doing this. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm sure I had that on like a sort of bucket list, travel list thing to go. I was also, like, in my... Yeah. I was, like, a teenager. I was, like, 16. Yeah, yeah I would have done that, yeah, for sure. All right. Audrey, that was a big role for you again. Then yes. what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the same year she did, um... Charade. No, The Children's oh. Hour, which... Oh, Children's Hour. ...was... Right. I've read this play. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we did it in university. Um, neither of us have seen the film version. No. But it didn't it, seem as fun as her other No, movie. but it's kind of interesting because it was, a, like, like the nun story was kind of the first turn, I think, of her taking in terms of, like, a more serious, meteor mm-hmm. role. The children's hour is also, like, it's about these two women who, like, run a school or whatever, mm-hmm. and one of the little girls in the school starts a rumor that they're lesbians and it kind of like tears their whole... Scandalous. It's a huge scandal and tears Scandalous their lives. even now. Of the course. Teachers are getting fired for mentioning yes. that they have wives. So like it would like, you know, every tears everything apart and all this sort of stuff. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, I read the... We read the play. I forget what we were using it for, but we did something on it in university. That's when I discovered that she was the... Yes. Well, Wikipedia says, due to the social mores of the time, the film and Hepburn's performance went largely unmentioned, both critically and commercially. Yeah. So, I mean, especially when it's at the same time as Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. Obviously, they went for that image of her and sort of more like serious. It's interesting, though, that she took that role. I think it says a lot about... I think it says a lot about the actor, though, to take... Like, you have mm-hmm. to have a certain something to take that role at that time, because it mm-hmm. is kind of cliche and... hmm Yeah. It's going to be... It's like, it's a big thing, like, to... 
even have the word lesbian in something oh, that yeah. you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, back Charade. to more fun. Charade. With another ancient man. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one where I all the, like, trivia says how he was like, oh, I'm too old to be love interest anymore. And, like, they changed it. So her character pursued him more than him pursuing her. Yeah, which... That he wouldn't look like a creepy old man. (laughs) To be fair, like, that does help, but, like... It's still there. You could have just casted people closer to the same age, and then, like, it's amazing how then and not creepy it would have been. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Charade is super fun. Romance and suspense ensue in Paris as a woman is pursued by several men who want a fortune her murdered husband has stolen. Whom can she trust? No one. Uh. <laughs> this is um, this is super fun. So, yeah, her husband is murdered. Tragic. But maybe not too tragic because she wanted a divorce anyway. But then she finds out that all... She finds out from, like, a CIA agent that he... Her husband was a CIA agent? No, he was wanted by the CIA. Anyway, he and some, like, army buddies <laughs> stole a bunch of money. And now they're, like... He, like, died while he had it, so they're like, where's our money? And they think she knows, and there's, like, these three men after her, and then there's this other man who just sort of happens to meet her at the same time. Anyway, he says he's, like, five different people throughout the movie. She never knows who he is, but she's falling in love with him, and these other men keep dying. (sighs) Yeah. It's who you least suspect, but not really, because there's only five people in this movie. (laughs) But, it's exciting, um, though, and it's fun. It's super fun. And, um... I like Cary Grant. Yeah. And A Fair to Remember is one of my other favorite old films. I haven't seen it. Um... Oh, there's a scene in this movie where they play that game where you have to pass an orange by, like, holding it with your chin down. Yes, and you have to, like... And then, be like, right in on it. somebody yeah, else. You yeah, you like, grab yeah, it yeah. with your chin from someone. And I was watching it, and I was like, this is the most sexual scene I've <laughs> ever seen in any film ever. Like, they kept, like, dropping the orange, and it would go, like, down the woman's chest. And so, like, the man would be there, like, with his head, like, rubbing his head all like, over, all her, over chest, her chest. Yeah, Trying to grab the orange. And I'm like, this is making me uncomfortable. These people are, like, in public, like, rubbing all over each other. It was very weird and, like... Very weirdly sexual and intimate, <laughs> especially for these types of movies. I was like, "This is scandalous! You're all over each other." No, it's a, just a fun game. In movies Tish. where like you kiss for a second, <laughs> that and like apple bobbing and stuff with like another person on the string. Uh, okay, but they were like rubbing I'm... all over each other. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> very oh much upset, God. Tish. But also, I've noted that um, she kisses him a lot, and that was the most kissing I'd seen in these movies. Because, hmm. like I said, they usually just do the, like, quick the, like, little... peck and then the hugs. Smash hug. your face. Yeah, that <laughs> thing. But in this, she's like, oh, I love you so much. She, like, actually, like, kisses him and then, like, kisses all over his face. She's all, like, kissing on him and sitting on his lap. And I was like, ooh, this is so much for <laughs> this time. Ooh. Sexual movie. Ugh. Also, it was remade in 2002. It's called The Truth About Charlie with Thandie Newton and Marky Mark. 
Mark Wahlberg. Wow. Uh, just looking at us. Like, That's so weird. I know, but he was in the um, the Walter Matthau role, which isn't really a big role. No, but, but it's... But I think they changed it because it just, was like them. They were like the stars. Yeah. It but still he seems was weird. Bartholomew, and I was like, shouldn't he be Peter Joshua to be like the two stars? I don't know. Maybe it's just a bigger name. Hmm. I don't know, maybe they changed it. Anyway, it's a fun, um... It's a fun little... Mystery thing. Movie there. IMDb looks so weird because they gave it this black background. I hate when they put ads on IMDb and they change the whole page. It's upsetting. (sighs) Cock blockers (laughs) is what they're advertising. (sighs) Okay, what was next? (laughs) Paris when it sizzles? From 1964. Dun, dun, dun. Anything happened in her life in that time? No. I don't really think so. Charade was nominated for things. Yeah. Congratulations. Paris when it sizzles. <laughs> a sprightly, the sprightly young assistant of a Hollywood screenwriter helps him over his writer's block by acting out his fantasies of possible plots. This is fun. It's of it's such so a... I haven't seen this. I didn't rewatch it. I have seen it. And yeah. it is such a fun movie. It's actually one it's of my so favorites. Cute. Yeah. It's she comes super in and cute. She's like, I'm just going to type. And he's... And it just like... The movie is like all these scenes that they're like sort of narrating. Like mm-hmm. he's like typing out the script. And like makes... You know, she plays like the leading lady and he plays the leading man even though he's the writer. And all these things and again it just happens over like two days and they fall in love and yeah yeah <laughs> but it's sweet and it's again it's in Paris so they're running around she Paris. likes to do Paris everyone I mean. likes Paris well also like at that time it was a big thing I mean Paris has always been a big thing but like yeah. in the 50s and 60s and like you know it was a it was where, like, fashion was coming from, I guess. It's it was... where everything always has come from. Like, yeah. art and fashion and trends and... Yeah. Yeah. It's Paris. Right. <sighs> Literature, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Existentialism. <laughs> Philosophy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. This one's just delightful. I don't want to... Because it's mean... a lot in one, because they're acting at all these different types of movies and they do some different like genres at one point there's like a vampire kind of movie thing going on like stuff like that yeah um but it's mostly it's just and like i said she lets her hair down it's scandalous she has the best hats yeah she just has a good head for hats too not everyone mm-hmm. can wear hats mm-hmm. that is true and her hair is always perfect it's like oh my god so ridiculous and these little like not like beehive, but you know, just yeah. like bumped up, whatever. But it's always like twisted perfect. I'm like, ugh, it's perfect. <laughs> and she puts like a hat over top. She takes her little hat off, and her hair is the same shape as the hat, but it's still perfect. Of course. Um. Oh, and she's with William Holden again. He yes. was the one she's in love with in Sabrina. So now they're in color together. In color. Um. And he's actually. Much more charming in this one, I think. He was kind of stupid in Sabrina. Yeah, well, and he's not really the one that, like, I don't know. Yeah. Sabrina, it's like, she ends up with the other one, so. 
He can't yeah. be too charming because you can't be like at the end of the movie yeah. like, oh, oh well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a Paris when it sizzles. Paris, fun. It's uh, I fall in love. Whatever. Which way? Is there a movie where she doesn't fall in love? No, of course not. <laughs> Are there any movies when people don't fall in love? Probably not. No. I was thinking about that because we talked about it when we. T- I think when we talked about the love, sex, and relationships on screen, and like how there's no such thing as a movie without like. A relationship being the plot, main plot point. Yeah. And so I was trying to make, like, a single-as-fuck movie list. Like, movies that, like... You're not going to find a movie where no one's in a relationship. Right. But, like, that that doesn't drive the it's plot. It's challenging. And I don't think I came up with anything that wasn't basically, like, a kid's movie. Or, like, a fairy tale. Like, nothing that's, like, sort of, like, modern, real life. <laughs> something forbid, happens... Right? But there's no love interest point to it. So it's ridiculous. If anyone has any um, for me, I'm still trying to work Send on that it list. To us. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be interesting to find any. <sighs> Paris when it sizzles, and then my fair lady. Is right. that what actually came next? I think so. Yeah. Um, which I have seen, but I didn't recently rewatch. I have seen it more than once. I also didn't, like, rewatch it right before this, but I've seen it more than once. I know all the songs. <laughs> I like, um... Rain the street bang. <laughs> no. The Street Where You Live. I like yeah. that song. Um, but I, yeah. I've seen it on stage. Too. I've seen it in film. <laughs> I know my, my Fair Lady. Um... <sighs> hugely controversial when she was cast because well Julie Andrews was in this stage production and they were like why didn't you just cast Julie Andrews true (laughs) why didn't they I you know what honestly I don't know the answer to that like don't get me wrong I love Audrey Hepburn probably money they didn't think Julie Andrews could break in the money probably but like they ended up um dubbing Audrey Hepburn singing in the film right. anyway. So, like, then you're sitting there and you're like, okay, like, you could have just... Julie Andrews yeah. could have done the singing and stuff. Anyway. Um, but then Julie Andrews went and did Mary Poppins. And... So, it all worked out. Yeah. It was a big press thing, though, like, in the day. Yeah. Well, Scandal. But right. she's honestly lovely in that film. Like, and Audrey Hepburn, if you... Because, like, there's special features on some of the versions of My Fair Lady where, like, you can hear her doing it with singing. And, like, her singing is not bad. Like, no. I understand it's not, like, the big Broadway voice. But, like, she probably could have pulled it off just fine. I don't think... Well, yeah, she did it. And then like, they decided to Right. It. But I'm just, like, it. it's not bad. And, like, some of it's actually quite sweet. Like, some of the softer, more ballady mm-hmm. things. You know. Oh well. Oh well. She was apparently upset about being dubbed. She, w- yes, especially if yeah, like you, you hired her for a musical, and then they're like, mm, "You're not getting." Yeah, her. you gave her this role, so she, you know, and then to be like, "Yeah, well, we decided." I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was nineteen sixty-four. Still. 
just churning them out. Um, yep. 1966, How to Steal a Million. Yeah. Which is another fun sort of mystery thing. Yes, and William mm. Wyler again, another again. one of the directors she works with several times. A romantic comedy about a woman who must steal a statue from a Paris museum to help conceal her father's art forgeries and the man who helps her. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. So her papa, her grandfather, is... He forges <laughs> art, painting, sculpture, stuff, and then sells them for a lot of money. Um, and he lends a little statue to the museum, and they find out there's going to be a technical examination of it, so she's like, oh god, I have to steal it! So that so they that don't find out that caught. it's... Yeah. So she hires... Uh, well, like, gets this guy who she caught, she thought, stealing a fake Van Gogh from her house. She caught him stealing. And then she goes to him and is like, I got a... I got a job for you. I got a job for you. <laughs> um, which is just hilarious to see how they um, steal a statue in a museum in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's much easier then, though. Oh, man, yeah. He, what do they do? So they like hide in a closet, which is pretty basic. So there's this whole thing with the keys, with like using a magnet through the wall to like get the key off the hook, because that's adorable. There's just like eight key hooks <laughs> with like skeleton keys on them. They're not even like key keys, they're just like skeleton keys. And then they like set off the alarm a few times so that they turn it off because they think it's not working so that he can steal it. Mm-hmm. And then... It's clever. Yeah. It's just... It's also simple and adorable. Because yeah. once they get them to turn the alarm off, he just, like, walks up and takes it. I know. And also, like, the guards are just in the break room all night until the alarm goes off. I'm like, what are you guarding? <laughs> anyway. How, especially, like, in that day, it's not like they have, like... All these TVs, like, rows that show, no, like, that's every the thing. corner. Like, it's like... They didn't have cameras. You need to walk around. film. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to think. It wasn't that long ago, but, like, things I like know. that were so different. I know. That you could, like... You could we never, could have stolen something. Yeah. You could never just, like, sneak and hide somewhere in no. a museum now. No. You could... There would be so much more than just, like, a velvet rope keeping you out of certain places. Yes. Now it would, like... You'd hide in the closet for, like, ten minutes and wait, and you'd come out, and there'd be, like, 9,000 police, because they'd be like, we just saw you on 16 cameras yeah. go into this closet. When and you part of their plan is that the, the scrub women, the cleaning women, come in at midnight, and so she, like, blends in with them to sort of, and I'm like, now it would be, like, I guess so much swipes and, like... Yeah. They wouldn't just be able to come in, like, scrub around this precious no. thing. And, like, when they realize it's stolen, all the women are there, and they're all just, like, running around freaking out. I'm like, dude, stop and search every single woman in this room. Like, it was there a minute ago. <sighs> anyway, she looks amazing in this. She's got, like, she... First time you see her, she's driving in this tiny, adorable car in Paris again. And she's got, like, her little hat on, and she's got the, like, 60s eyeliner where they put it, like, in the crease of your eye. Yes. Like, they draw... Oh, my God. It's so They, like, gorgeous. draw your upper lid Yeah. On. And then, like... I wish that was still a look. You can do it. 
You can. It's just, it's a very strong I mean, the cat eye thing, thing is still up. I do that every day. Yeah. Well, it sad. also has come back to, like, the cat the eye. 60s are back. I wish the, the 60s 90s would be back. are back. The 90s are back in the worst way. The worst. I hate shopping. Um, everything is I'm, holographic and neon and patches. I will not shop until the 90s have left again. <sighs> so these clothes better last Only me a while. 90s I'm into is, like, the craft... That's how I'll dress from the 90s. Okay, that's fair. That's it. If, as long as we all look like Feruza Balk, it's fine. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> Only 90s goth is allowed from the 90s. It's so terrible. Okay, also, um, their house is amazing. <laughs> we, we need this big house. Well, we're all about secret houses. houses and secret staircases. Yes. And, like, purple carpet on the stairs and just everything. Is I mean, like it's a strong choice. Luxe, the bold. Like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, all of her outfits are gorgeous. She meets him at, like, the Ritz Hotel bar. And she's wearing this, like, lace mask that comes completely over her eyes. Almost like a sleep mask shape. And I'm like, why are lace masks not in style anymore? <laughs> like, she looks amazing. And, like, her dress is laced. She's got, like, lace pantyhose on or whatever. And I'm like... Lace everything. She looks lace amazing. Lace is hard. You can't... Not everyone can pull off, like, a full lace outfit. Or half a lace face. Lace, lace face! face. <laughs> Bring that back! I want lace Hashtag face. lace face. Oh, my gosh. But it's just the, like, epitome of, like... 60s glamour but like the sort of when 60s fashion got a little bit weird like to be sitting there with like a like lace mask over your face like smoking all black like that's when so chic but like a little weird Givenchy has been like all right well we've done like all the normal (laughs) stuff so what else can we do lace just over your eyeballs yeah yeah like yeah she's wearing like big sunglasses and stuff she wears big sunglasses so as well in a lot of movies. Yeah. It's that tiny little angular I face know. she has. She can wear these big round frames because she has like, like a triangle jaw. Yeah. yeah. Um, I noted that a large portion portion of this heist movie takes place in a closet. Yeah. Like a large portion That's is tough. them getting out of the closet to mm. start the She's saying it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. It's just they're, like, all crammed in... Anyway. Also, who is it? Peter O'Toole. Yes. Oh, my God. Lawrence of Arabia. That's all I ever think. Every time I see him in anything. When you started talking, I just kept thinking of um, Timothy Dalton. He has, like, the same... Kind of. Yeah, I guess. But he's, again, gorgeous. Gorgeous 60s. Oh, and who was it in... um, in Paris, when it sizzles, Tony Curtis has, like, an uncredited role. Yeah. He's also just, like, gorgeous. And definitely wears eyeliner. But, yeah. Who doesn't love some eyeliner in their life? I mean, you can pull it off. Right. Got those beautiful eyes. This is a super fun movie. I, it's so... It's so 60s and... Yeah. I've had so much fun this last week just watching all these 60s movies. They're all just so cute and delightful and, like, everything works out fine and it looks good along the way. It's just lovely. Okay. We're getting to the end of her uh, yes. career. Don't worry. We're nearing the end. We're nearing... <laughs> Stick with us. We're almost okay, there. Okay, so that one was super fun and then they do... 
Two for the Road in 1967, mm-hmm. which is also has adorable moments, but it's about a relationship like falling apart kind of and like looking back on an imperfect relationship but that's kind of nice change for her yeah with a very young albert finney very young meaning like her age i just mean like yeah because like we know him he's he's somebody that like is still alive and acting like in our lifetime so it's one of those people that like you're like oh my god it's weird so youthful yeah and that it's the voice he has such like that like deep yeah almost like a I picture him as a fat old man I can't so it's like weird when I see him in this yeah um that's all that's all I'm saying yeah so a couple in the south of France non-sequentially spin down the highways of infidelity in their troubled tenure marriage basically yeah it starts with them like not really happy and they're driving around they're on a trip and it's like their whole relationship has been trips driving yeah. driving trips mostly around Europe and like how they it's how they met and it's like key points in different parts of their relationships like newlyweds and then with their kid it's um I like this movie it is very different because like I said the 60s movies are all just like oh something quirky happens and then we fall in love and this is a more realistic yeah it's a more unfiltered look at like how uneasy a relation like challenges of yes. relationship. It's um it's almost like sixties movies, like a lot of these are almost like a fantasy in a way mm-hmm. in that there's some sort of madcap adventure and everything works out, um, and looks beautiful along the way. And this is like the first really real look at real life kind of movie taste of realism yeah yeah which is very different for this time i think mm-hmm. or at least what i've seen um well and for her right all of her mm-hmm. films yeah this was so this is like the last one that i watched like i watched it yesterday i guess um to end it, it's like all these sweet <laughs> movies, and then there's like some crazy fun adventure things, and then it just ends on this sort of like sad look at a broken relationship. I know. I was like, oh, this is a lovely ending to my Audrey week. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I haven't seen this one in a while, but. It's, um. I appreciate. I appreciate that towards the end of. With this and the next movie that she did, that she started, like, before she went out, she was kind of like, I'm going to flex some acting chops. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see. Yeah. Not um, just like, oh, look at me. I'm lovely and adorable and quirky. Yeah. It has some, like, sweet moments, like, when they first met. They yeah, of course. In love. It's really cute. Um, and then it's just, like, a lot of, like... Heartbreak. Yeah, Burning and each also other. a lot of it, they're traveling with this other couple and their kid, and they're the they're most annoying. annoying people ever. So annoying. What did I write down? I 100% hate these people and their child to my very core, and I wish pain upon them. Wow. It's a very strong... <sighs> they're so annoying. That woman, like, never shuts up. She has such a weird voice, and the guy's always like, well, you know, I know everything about everything, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you how to make your relationship work. And then the kid is just like, I'm hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm going to throw 
throw the key out the window. Like, yeah. what a fucking brat. <sighs> anyway, never travel with people with kids. <laughs> is the this is the it. lesson in this movie. <laughs> but I do like how their whole relationship is, like, marked by these trips. And that's sort of, like, I guess that's what started their relationship. They were, like, both traveling and kind mm-hmm. of stumbled into each other and then like had like this crazy week together and then it just became a part of their marriage that like we take the car and we go for a drive and we go to the same places yeah and then we take our kid with us it's sweet yeah but then it's like they cheat on each other but then they come back together and like he never really wanted the marriage and baby thing but (laughs) but he yeah so they sort of argue about, like, what they sort of promised each other they thought this marriage would be, and that's part of their problem, like, in the final Expectations time. versus reality. Yeah. So, like, the story sort of starts and stops in and then ends with, you know, like, the last part of their marriage, whatever, the furthest in time. So they're, like, looking back, and even then they're, like... Talking about how, like, you didn't, you never wanted kids, and you didn't want this, and you didn't want to do this, and it's like, this is what you promised me, and it's like, you promised you wouldn't be like this when Mm -hmm. you got married, and you, it's like, hey, maybe agree what marriage is going to be before you get married. Yeah, but so many people don't, right? Like, that's the thing. So many people are like, but we're in love, so we just go forward, and that's probably why the divorce rate's so high, but. Yeah. um, Well, like. When their relationship starts, they have this week hitchhiking around, and they're falling in love, and then at the end, they get, they say, he says something about how it's ending, and she gets all pouty, because he's like, hey, we knew this was just a week or something, and she's like, ah, and he's like, whatever. And then he yells, <laughs> a very good. we should get married, or like, oh, will you marry me? And she runs back to him, yes! And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> You were just so mad at him a second ago. And then... He even says something then about, like, marriage or what he thinks, you know. I don't know. He's one of those guys that, like, she barely knows him, and they're walking down the road, and he's saying, like, marriage is this, and it's a trap, and it's women do this, and bullshit. And, like, who wants to spend any the rest of, of their life with you? Or even, like, this week trip with this guy who's just one of those like mansplaining like this is what I think of traditional I mean the bullshit. 60s was mansplaining yeah <laughs> all of and history the 50s and the 40s and the, um yeah this I always think of this when I think of like a modern version I always think like 500 days of summer is a little bit like this yeah, in terms of like non-sequential non-sequential harsh more realistic look at like how relationships Play out. Like the non-perfect yeah. relationships yeah. in your life. Yeah, it doesn't end you know. with the yes, I'll marry you happily ever after. Yeah. Then you have that's to the start. Try to live that's happily the, ever after. Yeah, what happens when the happily ever after is the start, and then you yeah. have to deal with everything else? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hey, good job, Audrey. But um, yeah, it's a really good movie, yeah. and not not as delightful as our other ones, but. Yeah. You can't watch that shit forever. You have to get some real stuff in there. Um, I was also always thinking of this movie because it's referenced in the Santa Claus 2 when he goes over to the vice principal's house and, like, tries to ask her on a date. And he's like, well, he has some stupid idea. And he's like, well, what's your idea? 
and she's like dinner and a movie pizza and a movie and he's like what movie and she's like two for the road and then they both like say specific things she's like Audrey Hepburn and Albert Finney and blah 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 and the car and they talk specifically about the car and stuff and I'm just like that is so not the point of this movie <laughs> I know and I'm also like that's not a first date movie this no. is like pick any other Audrey Hepburn marriage falling apart and it was just like someone was like, let's reference an old movie that yeah, these two that people didn't do re- any love. And I'm like, once I saw the movie or like knew what the movie was, I was like, this is the movie you want to watch on a first date with some guy? I feel bad for like whatever I, intern picked it though, because they could have picked any other Audrey movie and it would have been fine. Yeah, maybe because they were trying to pick something that would appeal to a man and a woman. Yeah. So not like Breakfast at Tiffany's, but like pick an old fun movie, any movie. Anyway, I always thought that was weird. Like, this is a harsh first day movie to watch a relationship fall apart on screen with someone you're trying to start a relationship with. You like today being like, let's go watch Blue Valentine on our first day. (laughs) Something real harsh like that. We're like, oh "Oh, god. (laughs) Oh my god, that movie's. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I was going to say fun fact. It's not a fun fact, but It's fact. a sad fact. Sad fact. <laughs> um, um, Audrey actually left this movie while they were filming because she became pregnant and they were going to recast her, um, but then she had a miscarriage, so she returned to the yes. movie. One of many miscarriages in her life. Yeah, that was a thing in her life, is that she had a couple marriages and a couple... She had one kid with each. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately she had, she really wanted kids and she had several miscarriages and so she really like took time off from work. Yeah. When she got to, pregnant, like, she, got she pregnant, like didn't do anything to, to try to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah she had her kids and her deer, <laughs> her deer. <laughs> and her pets. I don't know. She had a lovely life. Oh. Yeah. And then she did Wait Until Dark, which is another one of my favorite films. I think it was on when we did lists a long time on the podcast. Yeah, it might have been. I've there. seen it. Oh, okay. I watched it for that list. So I didn't rewatch it. Fair enough. You watched it like in the last couple of years. Yeah, I feel like I remember it, and it's not yeah. like a fun. Rewatch, it's not a fun so. movie, but like it has a lot of sentimental value in my family because like my mom and my godmother saw it at the Mulu, which is the name of the theater in a tiny town in Ontario when they were, like, young and they've been, like, best friends for 50 years. So there's, like, a lot of, like, my godmother got it for me when I started getting into Audrey Hepburn stuff. So, like, I don't know. It's a weird, like, tradition movie yeah. considering it's not happy. No. Um, I was very, when I remember when I, I was like, oh, this is an Audrey movie I haven't seen. It's, yes. it's like, the only one that I hadn't seen and it was, like, Oh, okay. This is, like, one of the last movies she did. It's just, again, different. She's doing different things. Mm-hmm. This is based on a play, right? Yeah. Yeah. It very much feels like a play. Yeah. Just it takes place in the apartment. I just read the summary. It's pretty accurate, really. A recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe in his her apartment. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to Charade, but not as fun. <laughs> like three men trying to get something from her that she doesn't have or doesn't know that she has. I just really like this film because I feel like it's the hardest she got to like flex acting chops. It's fucking 
really challenging to play a blind person when you're not blind. Yeah. You don't realize, like, like how much, like, sounds, and like, how much you look around at things. Like, not even, like, consciously, like, oh, I'm looking at you, I'm talking at you, yeah. I'm watching something, but just in general, like, how much you take in your surroundings. Yeah. And it's really challenging to, like, shut that off and, like, only respond to, like, stimulus that would prompt you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway. That's the stuff that I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not like, um, if you're looking for a fun Audrey film, it's not this one, but this one has like some good acting in it. Alan Alda's like super creepy in it. Um, and she was going through a really tough time at this part in her life. Mm-hmm. Her and Mel Ferrer <laughs> were like prepping for divorce like they got divorced in 68 so it was like right before that she lost like a ton of weight going into this film how could she possibly lose just 15 pounds with the divorce and stuff so like she was also you know so she was having health issues she had had the miscarriage like so it was not like the happiest time in her life yeah no but it's um it may not be the most fun movie, but if you're looking for something maybe that's, like, a little more serious, it is mm-hmm. a good movie. It it's is just, good. Yeah. It's Less a good fun. acting movie. Acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so then she married Andrea Dotti. Yeah, an Italian psych- psychologist, psychiatrist. Um, and that's nice, and they had another kid. Yep. Um, and then that marriage lasted 13 years, and then she found another man for the rest of her life. Robert Walden. Walders. Walders. I was close. Um, and they stayed together till she died, although they never got married. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I know she had more than one marriage and stuff, but, like, it's not like she was that woman who, like, uh, we were married for, like, a year and a half. Like, she had, like, Hmm. substantial marriages, yeah. Where, like, obviously... That seems, like, reasonable. That seems... I know, I look they at that, like, and I'm 12, like, 13 year marriages. And then, yeah, and then, like, a companion... Sort of like, three phases of her life. Yeah. I, heard, I saw in an interview with um, Jane Fonda talking about her, like, three marriages or whatever she had, and how she's like, well, the person that you want to be with in the, like, child-raising years is maybe not the person you want to be with in your, like, middle-aged kids are the house years and not who you need to be with it like in your 70s and yes. your golden years right. and I'm like that makes so much sense people put so much pressure on like staying with the same person person that forever. you fell in love with like in your 20s or something right like, you're and gonna like change so much in like 60 years it's really hard to stay on the same path as one person yes like if you do that's very nice and lucky for you but, well like, and that's the thing like it does happen sometimes but it's so rare that you can both grow as people and like maintain kind of a steady course and together. And like have your own lives and Ugh, that keeps so challenging. And like maybe we should stop thinking about like that marriage is for life or that like relationship should be for life and like a good like 10, 15 year relationship is like a successful, super successful relationship. Like that I know. I look at actually. these and I'm like, this makes perfect sense to me. Like logistics wise in terms of like I was with this person we loved each other this phase of my life ended I mm-hmm. you know like yeah. and it makes sense like I see the three chunks of her life with like three different like it makes sense yeah and yeah I don't understand why people look at like 
oh, we were together 15 years and got divorced as, like, a failure. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I will ever succeed in that. Yeah. Ever. Even 10, 15 years sounds like a long time. Right, like, that's... And, like, you shouldn't think of it as, like, unless it was, like, a bad relationship. Of course. If it was, like, we were happy, we raised children... We, you know, different people succeeded and we, yeah. individually and support each other, but then it came to a point where it wasn't working anymore. Yeah, and we grew apart. And so we decided to separate instead of staying in, like, a terrible relationship. That sounds like a success. Yeah. You did it. Good for you. You wrote it out until it didn't work anymore, and then you decided to end it. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, that's marriage advice that's from us sweet. today. <laughs> oh, God. Marital advice. Okay, so um, other than acting, just to end up... It's an important part of her life, so we must talk about it. Yeah. Um, She worked with UNICEF a lot, basically, mostly after um, she sort of stopped acting in, like, 70s, 80s. Yeah, she didn't... She, like, did a couple things, but, like, Mm -hmm. after kind of, like, the 70s, she... Like, even in the 70s, she didn't, like... Yeah, it's not so like she did that much. She did uh, Two it, for the Road and Wait Until Dark were in 1967. And release. that was kind then, of it. Um, she didn't do anything else except Robin and Marion in 1976. And then one in 79. And then just like a couple little things. Yeah. She um, kind of... She basically retired. She basically that. retired at the end of the 60s. Like, yeah, she did the odd thing. But like, mm-hmm. basically that... Also, interestingly, though, like, kind of hit 40. Yeah. And at that time, it's not like they had a lot of roles for women over that age. Like, I know that's sad, but, like, it's kind of Yeah, some other young starlets were coming up, I guess. But also, it was what she always wanted, which was more time for her family Mm -hmm. and her children. So, maybe it just kind of worked out for her. And, yeah. And then she kind of started a second almost career mm-hmm. joining up with UNICEF and working with them. And yeah, traveling a lot and she, she just like and being like an ambassador and speaking. Yeah. And, she did a lot of frontline work. Like she went to Ethiopia. She went to several countries, did work with UNICEF. And she always talked about the fact that like in terms of especially like hunger like mm-hmm. was a big thing and I guess that makes sense with going through what she went through with the war and, yeah. like, knowing what it's like to not have food and going hungry. and yeah. So, yeah. Um, but her humanitarian stuff may, like, as much as we love her movies, is probably more important in terms of, like, world stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and probably what she hopes is her legacy and, like, what really she devoted her life to. Yeah. Yes. She won um, the, like, Academy Award, the Humanitarian Award mm-hmm. there. Um, that. Yeah. Um, and so she did that until she got sick. She got um, cancer. Yeah, it was and like... by the time they found it, it, like... Spread. Yeah, it spread yeah. and she was... That's the word. Because um, it was, like, up and... Appendectical, whatever. Right, and, like, you can take out the appendix, so I'm sure if they had found it earlier, yeah. maybe it wouldn't have been... I don't know. I don't it. know. It's called 
pseudomysoma. I won't even try. Good job. Anyway, um, she had surgery and chemotherapy, but she's basically like sort of on hospice for the last few years of her life. Um, that she spent in, what was it, Switzerland she was living in? Yeah, I think so, with Robert. Yeah, and her family. Mm -hmm. Um, she was only 63 when she died, which is so young. So young. (laughs) So sad. Um, yeah, she could have done a lot more work for, like, UNICEF and... I don't know. She had been around, like, into... So this was 93, she died. If she had been around for, like, 20 more years, then, like, us, like, our age were, like, we probably would have heard more about her. And, like, yes. heard about her in her later life. Because that is, it is, people just think of her as her very young Breakfast at Tiffany's Roman I know, I wish she had had, like, more and, time like, to keep going with the humanitarian stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, we were... That's, like, a fun surprise you find out when you look into her life. Mm -hmm. That people don't... They just think of her as, like, this... The face and the fashion, whatever. But that's... If she could have, she would have spent much more of her life... Doing... Devoted to this humanitarian stuff than to her acting career. Yeah. And, yeah, she would have just... Anyway, she was amazing. And she was, like, beloved by a lot of people that she worked with. Yeah. Like, I don't she's. Think I've heard anything bad about No, her. she's one of those actresses that people were like, no, she was just like an amazing human being. Yeah. She is actually that <laughs> so beautiful and nice and just like beautiful on the inside kind yeah. of person. Yeah. Makes me sad. I think that's why, that's also why she like lives on is that she has no like scandals no. or like anything about her that anyone can kind of really disagree with. Right. You know? like, she just like, she. None of her roles were awesome. too scandalous. She never, like... I don't know, know, that orange thing really upset you. She wasn't doing that. <laughs> other people doing that. She never even let her hair down. Like, she was just... <laughs> That's true. You know? And there's no, like, affairs or, like, scandals in her personal life. And then she just, like, did... She just acted and did humanitarian work and was, like, lovely to everyone. Like, that's why she sort of become... Other than, like, the image and idea of, like, yeah. the breakfast at Tiffany's thing, like, we think of her as such a lovely person because she looked like a lovely person, and also... And she, everyone, everyone said she was, she was a lovely person. thought she was a lovely person, and then, you know, all this stuff later in life, the UNICEF, and... Anyway, she's yeah. dead, and it's sad. It's sad. But she what a life a, she led, that yeah. Audrey Hepburn... <laughs> That our ending. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Did we mention she's an egot? She has an. If you don't know, that sounds like a, <laughs> it, it's weird to say it out loud like that. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yes. Not a lot of people EGOT. accomplish the I egot. Think, um, fourteen people. Yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's a small list. Yeah. Um, so she got her, like we said, the Oscar for... Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday. She got the Tony for... On, on, on Dean. Dean. She got a Grammy, 
posthumously for a children's thing that she narrated, spoken word, children's whatever. She got she won the Grammy. Right. And the Emmy was for a documentary series she did for PBS, Gardens of the World with Audrey Hepburn, <laughs> which just sounds lovely. Who for, else would you want to take you on a tour of Gardens, Gardens of, of the, the World? world. Yeah. No one. Just lovely Audrey yeah. Hepburn. So... She did quite a bit in her short life. Yeah. And we love watching her. Uh, I could watch her movies all the time. Like, they're just... They're lovely. She's lovely. They're lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked enough about her? I think so, yes. <laughs> We're going on two hours. Oh, boy. I yeah. mean, there's so many... I joked. Barely talked about the movie. I know like. that's the thing. I I was like I joked when we started this like mm, an hour on Audrey and I was like we could do like four and a half and I'm sitting I mean, here and really. I was like we could do four and a half. Well, I mean it's a lot of movies. It's a lot. Know. Yeah. Basically, if you haven't seen any of these, you Go watch should. Them. If you're if you've seen some of her movies, try mm. more. That's what right. I did. It's like. I've seen, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and then maybe I went with, like, Roman Holiday or something. So they too big. And ones. then at some point, I, like, kind of went through and, like, yeah. picked out all the ones I thought I'd like or something, and, like, they're all just delightful, and she's so good. But, yeah, maybe try some of the ones that, like, are a little more serious. Yeah. Like, I still think I should go and watch The Nun Story. I'm interested to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Children's Hour. Yeah. I'm sure there's several versions of that because it's like a really well known play. Yeah. So, I almost am less interested just because I've read the play. So, Mm, I don't know. It just doesn't. I know of it, but I don't know. I haven't read it or anything. Anyway, there's lots to choose from. Yeah. If you're feeling Audrey, there's fun stuff. Buy a big TV and watch. Buy a big TV, download them, I mean buy them Mm -hmm. in 1080 HD, and just uh, look at these beautiful movies. And Audrey. Cool. That's it. That's just... Audrey Hepburn movie. Great ending. (laughs) Yep. Um... Did I write down the ending? No, I didn't. Let's go find our... Ending thing. You can email us at <laughs> in the movies podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at in the movies pod. Give me some singles fuck movies. Yeah, give us some it's ideas a for that. Challenge. I challenge you to find a movie that does not rely on oh. a romantic relationship. Movie. To drive the plot or character development. Please find that. Please help me. Yes. Um, um, as always, there's a blog post with, I'll put links, I guess, to all her movies and information, where we got information. Basically, it's just Wikipedia, actually. I read a book. <laughs> Juliana has a book. You're always the one with the book and the Doctor Who. We have the Doctor <laughs> Who book. <laughs> Yeah, books are fun. Um, and I guess we haven't done anything lately, but sometimes I talk about movies on my YouTube channel. We haven't gone we to any lately. Go to movies and talk about movies. Yeah. I haven't even tried lately. There's nothing good for advanced screenings. Like, I check once in a while, and I'm like, I don't want to see any of these. Maybe we should do it after we go to these, like, film festival things. Yeah, we can do a couple. Yeah, because yeah. we're going to... One on the 18th there. Yeah, we're going, it's called The Enlightened Screen. It's a series that they do where they show a f- 
film and then you get a Q&A with the filmmaker. So we're going to this one. Ashley McKenzie is the filmmaker and her movie is Werewolf. I have no idea about her or the movie, but <laughs> I would but love to see a Canadian female filmmaker's movie and talk to her after. Yeah. Hopefully more comfortable, but we'll see. Oh, in the new theater? I Well, that's a I thing. Don't I don't know. So, like, I'm, like, dreading the seat. I'm going to be... Oh, I'm going to, like, bring a pillow. <laughs> stretch after the movie before we do the Q&A. Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe we should do a video after that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, if you want to help support the podcast, um, there's now a link in the description to an Amazon wish list. If you just want to straight up buy us shit. Yeah, we need shit. Just Please saying. Buy it. Just saying. We could have some more money and stuff. spend all our money on a TV. <laughs> I did not spend all my money on a TV. First of all, it wasn't it's that much. Second of all, really I got pretty. money, bitch. So. It's really pretty TV. <laughs> I mean, it's a TV. It's, the things on the TV are really big and pretty. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All anyway, right. thanks for listening about Audrey. Bye. Bye. <laughs>